Hey everyone, and welcome to the Baseball Rebellion podcast. Today we talk a little bit about some upcoming things, articles, uh, my trip to Germany coming up, and Dave Shinsky's back in the room, talk about his wedding a little bit, catch up on him. And then we welcome on the guys from New York Sports Science Lab. They're going to talk a little bit about technology, how it's being used today, how they use it. Really fascinating things, kind of how the game's changing and sports are changing in that in that sense, especially baseball. And looking forward to their conversation here in a little bit. So please stay tuned, and here we go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. JK here. Today in the office with me, we have um, Dave, the uh, Shinbone, back um, since since he since he uh, got married. It was the last time he was on, and uh, we're excited to talk about that. And then Eric is back as well. He's uh, becoming a reoccurring member of the, the debate. Slowly but surely taking over the podcast. Just working his way in. Next thing you know, I'll be out. Um, but the... Uh, we got a couple things to talk about today. First thing, we'll just welcome Dave back. Married man. How's it feel? Great. <laughs> it's been over a month since, I, yeah. uh, since I've been here. I got this little ring on my finger. Um, it was down. awesome. It was a great day. It was like, um, you know, really, I'd say it. I'd say it's the best day that I that I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, the best week uh, after that, we went to Jamaica, and it was. Mm. It was the it literally. I mean, not because it was my own wedding. Uh, you guys were there. We had a mm-hmm. lot, a lot of fun. We had a band. We did. Yeah. And then you and Chaz decided to be a part of the band for oh, a little bit and yeah, the little awesome. rapping. That was that was cool. That was cool. That was fun. Well, um, I was like, kind of alone, and then I'm looking out to the crowd. I'm like, <laughs> come on, let's go. Someone, come we're just on. letting you rock, dude. Yeah. You were killing it. And then he. He came up and did uh, Nate Dogg's version of uh, <laughs> Regulators. It was awesome. That was really cool. But that was a great wedding. Um, we all drove up. The crazy, what should have taken like six, that on the way up should have, I think for us, ended up being like eight because of traffic. And we went the Shenandoah way, which was really pretty, but it ended up taking longer than we wanted to. What do you mean? Um, I, don't know I can't remember. I can't remember why exactly. We just took longer. So there's there's like three wrecks. On the yeah, way. there was we there was standstill traffic like three. I know it's kind of rainy. I hate that. Yeah. Also, awesome. I don't go. But we had a great time. I, I don't go 95. That's why I don't go uh, that route. Yeah, it's a 90. Well, we came back 95, and it was. Can't record. Hmm? Can't record. Yeah, you can bang me on that if you want to. Um, yeah. So my phone just rang. So the guys are going to get me on kangaroo court. That's fine. <laughs> Um, but uh, we came back in '95, and it was it was uh, pretty terrible too. Like I said, mm-hmm. no. yeah, was, wasn't good. But the wedding was good. Um, That's the happiest I've ever was, seen. The shinbone. The really? shinbone was By happy. Far. The shinbone was happy, and we got to meet all the people. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Uh, Dave has talked about Nick over Leo, here. Nick Leo, Leo. Sir, <laughs> the whole. I didn't know it's going to be the USA. The whole. Team. Yeah. <laughs> we used to play a game called. Did you, did you ever heard those? Oh man, that was back when I was a listener. Man, that Award was. Listener. I'm telling you, we met them all. They were great people, and uh, it's it's a good day, man. I remember mine, and you know, I think it's just you realize. I think at some point, you're never going to have all the, these people you care about in one spot. 
like this mm-hmm. as much, you know, because you know, you'll go to another wedding, we'll see a lot of them, but we won't be there because we yeah. don't know who it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's like all your just got engaged on Sunday. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Shout but out. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I wish uh, some more, I, Invited more of my friends. Most of it was family. Like, yeah, um, got a big family. It was a packed house. Side, so yeah, it was yeah. a packed house at the winery that day. It was fun. Um, but it's fun to be back. It's great to be back in uh, in lessons and in first podcast. It's good to be back though. I miss that meat and cheese table though. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, that was that was, uh, the, and they did it afterwards. Super. So it was like a nice uh, second dinner. Yeah. If, is that a thing? I feel like it should be. If you it's more looking, yeah, it's like a course of yeah. its own for yeah. sure. Yeah. If you're ever looking for Chaz, if Chaz ever went missing after <laughs> just check out that table. <laughs> just shoveling it in. Oh man. But uh that was great and we're back. Um so we've been doing a lot of um um well I guess you know what? We'll we'll, we'll scratch that for a second. We're, we're gonna get to uh, some some article stuff that we've been doing recently. We're doing some revisits of some articles. Um that's been really, really cool um, because it's kind of uh, interesting to look back on what we wrote uh, five, six years ago and, and kind of say the same thing, but maybe better because we're better or have a new look on it like Eric kind of has with one of the articles that I did a couple years ago and or maybe uh, approach it differently, which is kind of nice. Um, but I wanted to talk here just real quickly because this art, this podcast will be coming out either today, um, which is Monday or tomorrow, and uh, I'll be in Germany um, starting tomorrow, which I'm pretty psyched about. Um, it's going to be a fun trip. On a battleship, right? Battleship. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. no. Chaz thought, because so I'm doing it on a military base out there. I yeah. cannot, I don't know what the rules are, like what I can say. I'm pretty sure it's fine. But uh, Ch- Chaz, th- like, remembered service people and then Maybe. thought I was on the, sh- on the ship oh, okay. during the, the camp. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll be... <laughs> I'll be I'll be there uh, for about a week. So you're not on a ship. Not on a ship. It's, it's a on, It's a country. landlocked country, Germany. And Chas thought they were going on a boat. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. the landlocked yeah. country. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the part of Germany that's touching the, the ocean, one of the oceans up there. The Aegean. No, but uh, anyway, so we're pretty excited. We got a wonderful opportunity through one of my old coaches at Asheville, who uh, invited me on this trip, and um, it's for the troops and the kids on the base there. And uh, we got about 50 kids actually, so we're we're pretty excited about that opportunity. Who knows where it might lead in the past? But I'm I just wanted to make that announcement because I'm going to be doing a kind of like a traveling video blog, um, so you can check us out on Instagram. I'll be using the company Instagram account, so I'll be doing it from there. And I'm going to start in the morning with me getting ready and uh, through the airports. I got a couple stops, one in New Jersey that I'm really psyched about. Where? Just kidding. <laughs> Newark. Newark. Um, and then from there, I go to Dublin, Ireland for like three hours. Ah, uh, Dublin. I you know, I might try to find a Guinness. You know, it's going to be early in the morning, but I bet they're still going going oh, over yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, and then I go into Frankfurt, and then I take a, a, a train to where I'm going. So, wow. I got a nice little little trip tomorrow, so I'm excited about it. So, I thought it'd be cool to do a little video, a little vlogging. I haven't really vlogged before, so I'm excited about it. Should be good. So stay tuned I've for that. Of, I've never been out of the country. I haven't either. Well, I mean, well, I Jamaica. shouldn't say country. But I, I, I've never been to Europe. Yeah, this will be my first time so across the, the big pond, yeah. as they say. And I'm a little nervous. <laughs> a little nervous. I don't know. Because you know, I think it's funny because you, you, know, you, you think of Germany or even Europe and you just think, like, old. But, like, you know, they have cities and stuff. You know, it's like you don't see it. You've not, never been, so you don't really... Like, they have regular stuff. For sure. You know what I mean? It's not... You know, 1950 over there still. So, 
it's just one of those things where I'm like, don't know what to expect at all. So we'll see. Um, yeah, kind of like a kind of like a wedding or a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> kind of like that. Um, but anyway, so stay tuned for that and check us out on Instagram. But uh, I want to talk today a little bit about Eric and uh, his article, that, my article that he revisited on intent, and you can check that out on our website at baseballbillion.com. And we're gonna have a bunch of these coming out in the next probably. So we all did too, right? So probably uh, eight weeks, eight weeks. Um, of this. Did you do anything? Yep. Yeah, Dave did some too. So more than that. So stay tuned for that. And I think our most of the articles that we did that were really popular were very conceptual ideas. And those don't really change. Like It's hard to change yeah. the concept because a lot of it's like physics and gravity and like that, that stuff doesn't really change. But to say it a different way or have a different take on it is, um, I think, valuable to hear. So mm-hmm. what did you – did you rip me apart – yeah, so I just completely threw out that article. <laughs> J.K. was talking about swinging down and all this knob to the ball stuff. Yes. No, yes. It, was, it was a really good article, and it's something that, that kind of drew me in when we were looking through old articles because it's something I talk about a lot, and it's, it's something that, that I talk with my, with my hitters about, and it's, it's training with intent. And so one of the best lines you have is you go through what you call the hit him totem pole, mm-hmm. where, like, if your head's back, you Good spine, and right. the bat's moving correctly. Right. And do all sort of things mechanically. Yep. I'm sure it's the same in pitching. Mm-hmm. And so you you check off all these boxes that make the swing good. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't if you don't swing with intent, if you don't throw that matter. pitch with intent, yep. and, and intent being with the, the I don't want to say max effort, but with the intention to do damage, yep. the intention to, to throw your best pitch, mm-hmm. like being fully convicted with with what you're doing, then those those check check boxes don't matter. Right. You you having a good swing doesn't matter if if you're not up there to do damage and if you're not up there to get your best swing off. Yeah, and we we have we have guys that you know would grade out less than others from a swing component standpoint, but are better and have more success because. They just go after it, right? And you know, there's so many, there's so many elements to hitting, and so that's that's one of the things about this article is that you can be so mechanically sound, but if you're not right mentally, and if, if you don't have like we keep going back to the word because that's the title of the article, intent, yeah. then you're kind of wasting a good swing. Yeah, and uh, it's really funny because the in the article I use one of our our clients that has been around for a while now, very uh, great family, uh, two brothers actually, but. I used them and I used the, his eval video and you know those guys didn't Eric and Tyler the new instructors didn't know this kid um, you know before coming in and didn't know his eval swing and saw the video and, and they're like who did you use for this video and they're like it's it's this kid and they're like no way because they know him he actually worked for us uh, works for us a little bit in the mornings now he's an intern which is kind of cool but it's uh, it was just funny to hear because they had no idea it was him. From his eval video to the video we use for the vi- for the actual swing video, and that's old now. He's even yeah. better, uh, but he's uh, yeah. So without that intent, and that's what it was for him for a long time. Was just man, just stop worrying about missing the ball. Stop worrying about getting out. You know, you right. can't hit with that type of mindset. And I kind of relate things. You guys make fun of me a lot because I have like a, a closet full of analogies, but. I use it in, in like a, a race car analogy all the time. Like you could be the have the best control of the car at 100 miles an hour. The problem is everybody else is going 200. So you got to mistake, make mistakes with that intent, and then and then you can begin to to have both sides. You can have the intent plus the swing or plus the throw. I mean, how does it work similar to throwing? Um, 
Maybe a little different because well, it's like the injury risk well, involved. Or? Um, yeah, I always say that uh, you know your, the tool when you're 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 hitting is obviously your bat, and the tool when you're throwing is your arm. Um, so um, you know a lot of the different programs around the country teach intent first. Yes. And with uh, with, with heavier with, balls. With, with heavier balls. Yeah. And and then they say you know up on the hill that you know what you what you've done with the heavier ball will carry over. I would reluctantly call that out. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with pitching, throwing. Yeah. Um, I yeah. teach mechanics first, movements first, because I I can teach intent with you know, a seven ounce ball, um, or even just uh, you know cueing some other things. Um, but but yeah, I think uh, it's really important to uh, move better first and then create that intent. Yeah. But it's know, I think it's different in that yeah, side of things for is, pitching to hitting because hitting. It is you know so offensive. You have to be aggressive immediately. Yeah, and pitching, so you can given still you yeah, given the ball. You got some time. It's different in that regard. But ultimately, ultimately, the best pitchers always have the intent to get you out. For sure, they're not trying to like worry about walking you. They're trying to get you out, mm-hmm. sit you down. Either, anyway, usually, long. usually when you have uh, have you know doubt on your mind or you, you don't have the intent. You end up inevitably doing what you don't want to do. Absolutely, that's, you know, right. hitting, hitting, hitting the person, or or, or walking, walking, or whatever, walking yeah. the bases mm-hmm. loaded, right. mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, I must. Uh, I guess I should throw hard now, and then you you're, you're stuck in a yeah uh, between a rock and hard place. So, um, I really believe that's where like slumps and hot streaks come from. Yeah, it's like a, as soon as you feel like you're in a slump, or as you as soon as you feel like you've lost the zone. Mm-hmm. What you've been told all your life and your media instinct is let me just slow down and make contact yep. here. Yep. Let me just put the ball and your thought processes go from where you're hot and you're, you're feeling it uh-huh. and you're like, I dare you to throw this over the plate. Mm-hmm. Like you're not even thinking about making contact. Yeah. So you're full speed in aggression mode and then when you're back in your slump, you're like, all right, let me just put this. If I can let me just, just put relax, this ball, put ball in play. play. Let me just yeah. relax, put this ball yeah. in play, and you slow down. Yep. And you look up, and you're over fifteen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's really funny how that works, and but it's it's super true. And I think the thing, if you're a parent or coach listening to this, takeaway, especially from the hitting side, is that when guys are struggling, you know, a lot of I think a lot of coaches sacrifice long term success for short term win a game. Yep. Um, but if you have that player who might be trying to change his swing with a more intent, like it, you got to let him struggle because if you tell him that you know it's gonna get him out and stuff, then it's all always gonna be in his head, and then they, they never have that breakthrough. You got to have that moment of breaking through where where you start to forget about failing, and it's all positive and it's all aggression and it's it's all all good, and then and then you can kind of move on from that. Not, we're not saying to make the same mistake over and over again, but I feel like a lot of coaches might see a guy go up to the plate, you know, who before might have made solid contact but wasn't very good, or, you know, more contact, and then strike out more. And the coach panics and says, hey, stop, you know, leg kicking, stop moving forward, stop turning so fast. And we have literally have guys, coaches, that say, stop turning altogether. Like, you can't even do that. Yeah. So let a, let a kid struggle is what I'm saying. Allow them to fail. And then under, and let them and, and, – Show them that you have confidence in them, even though they might fail, and even though, you know, they might not be as good. You understand that they're looking long term because you got to build their own confidence, right? You know, what I'm saying, and that's how usually you get over things. Is uh, it, it works one time, and then you just you feed off of it. 
Um, right. And especially learning something new, um, you don't want to hear three different things, especially yeah. um, if you are failing uh, early. Yeah. You know, early, yeah. With, early with those new things. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, anything else about that article? I mean, that's pretty much the gist of the yeah, article. Go uh, read it. Yeah, go read it. Eric did a great job. Leave some comments. I'd love to talk about it. Yep. And um, tweet at Eric as well if you, if you have any comments about the article. But it's a really good, and it's a short read. It's nothing like you got to sit down and prepare yourself to read a lot. So, we try to keep them short. But anyway, um, you guys have anything else? We'll shut it down right here. No, man. Have good fun deal. in Germany. Yeah, I'm going to get my lederhosen and I don't know what else. That's the only word. I don't know That's that major word. That's all you got. <laughs> That's all right. Bratwurst. Yeah, I don't, take, I don't really take, know. Take that flight. <laughs> bring, bring an audio book. You're going to need more than one word. I know, there. right? But um, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we got a great interview right after this with the New York uh, Sports Lab. We're really cool what they're doing up there. And uh, so listen to that. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye. All right, welcoming on the podcast today, we got the guys from the New York Sports Science Lab. I'm super pumped to have them on today. Uh, they were uh, someone that we stumbled across on Twitter. Um, as you know, to how Twitter goes, you, you stumble around and you find people in different places. And I'm excited to talk to these guys today because um, the science part of what we do is such a big part of it now, uh, much more than it was when I know I was coming up. And so uh, I got some I got some questions for these guys. And today we have on Paul, Matt, and Sean. How you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Um, so this is the first time we've had three people on the phone call. So uh, we're gonna have to hear different voices here, everybody. So just um, you know, obviously, guys, do your best. I know some of you are at practice literally right now, and uh, some of you guys are in the office, I'm sure. Uh, but I'm super excited. So let's just get started. Um, how long have you guys been around? Well, uh, so go ahead, Paul. You, you start off. We'll go, we'll go Paul, Matt, and me. Sure. Um, so the lab itself has been around for three years, but we've been open and active for about two. Uh, the first year was mostly spent with research and development and kind of getting everything up and running. But it's really been the last two years that we've been spending time uh, actually training. Right. And um, has it was has it been all you guys kind of coming in together, or was it like one person has, that really started it all, or how'd that work out? Um, we all came in at, at different times. Uh, actually, so Sean was actually the first one of the three of us to join the team. I started back in November, and Matt was a recent addition, actually, after him being back from spring training. So we were in, in from the very beginning. It was started by our founders, uh, Dr. Don Piazza and his wife, Susan Piazza. Um, they're the ones who kind of got everything up and running, and we kind of joined the uh, party, so to speak, later on. That's awesome. Well, so what was the, like the mission when you guys set out? Obviously, uh, you know you're on the ground level of something new, uh, new business. You know what's what's the real you know thing that you guys are trying to accomplish? Obviously, help athletes, but um, you know long term, what are y'all's uh, y'all's goals? Yeah. So the I can speak to kind of how the how the lab originated. I know kind of the the backstory for it was um, so Dr. Piazza is a he was a practicing chiropractor for many years and owns a very successful chiropractic and physical therapy practice. Right. And he saw very frequently that a lot of kids were coming in with very similar like overuse type injuries, um, a lot in baseball and obviously in other sports. And just seeing a lot of kids coming in, especially for like physical therapy, you're seeing kids who have injuries. Sure. So they decided, well, instead of 
kind of doing sick care and helping them come back from the injuries, let's start to do something to kind of try to prevent injuries and get out on the front end. So that was kind of the genesis of the lab was how do we create something that's going to put athletes in the best possible position to have their bodies best prepared for the demands of their sport and try to reduce the injuries that they're going to have going forward, especially the overuse type that we see so often in baseball. That's why what we do with the lab ends up really working with baseball players so well. Yeah, what's the... I was going to say, what's the, uh, you know, ratio of, of, I guess, you know, different sports? I mean, is it mostly baseball right now or, you know, what's, what's the, you know, the, the pie chart look like? Um, it's kind of tough to say. We have, I mean, we have everything from baseball to bowlers to fencers to archers, uh, football, and everything in between. Um, I think baseball and the two that are most represented here would be baseball and martial arts. So we got MMA guys, boxers. Um, Muay Thai, so a lot of combat sports. Right. Um, those in baseball, I think, are the most. Everything else is kind of a pretty even mix. Right, right. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, if you guys go check out their their website at uh, nysportsciencelab.com. Uh, I mean, right away you see the homepage and you're like, do you see all the stuff you guys do? Like you said with archers and and things like that and the bio. I guess uh, do you do like do you do some like biomechanics work with those guys? Yeah, Sean, you want to kind of jump in? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here. Just to, It's Sean speaking now. Um, so as, as far as the biomechanics is, is concerned, Paul, Paul touched on it uh, just earlier when he was talking about the, the different conditions that they were starting to notice trends across the board with, with specific sports and uh, the issues that they were facing and at least preventable uh, overuse and uh, malalignment issues. So in, in terms of biomechanics, when you come in, if, if, if you're signing up for a sports performance training package with the lab, everyone's going through uh, what we call the global athletic assessment. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that includes a biomechanical assessment in which everyone's being set up through various parts of their bodies with EMG. So we're getting exact readings of how much muscle activation we have in certain areas. Everyone gets the glutes set up. Yeah. We're looking at quad to hamstring balance. We're looking at how much the shoulders are firing. Um, and in terms of is that specific to baseball not so much we're, we're looking at just general movement capacity in the beginning and then throughout the entire global assessment once we've done EMG motion analysis we usually do a, a, a 3D motion analysis as well where we're measuring specific joint angles so we'll have an athlete go through the functional movement screen we'll have them do a wide balance test um, we'll have them go through movements that are going to be pertinent to their sport, and then based off of the results that we get on the global athletic assessment, which generally takes about an hour and a half, um, we're generally able to, to identify if an athlete is at a substantial risk for injury or if they're pretty well balanced. In a sport like baseball, where so much of it is asymmetrical, you know, it's so much single side dominant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, we would expect to see asymmetries. We would expect to see imbalances. So that's not exactly a, a red flag. Uh, the, the, the issue, though, is if, if you have an issue where one leg is substantially stronger than the other, or one shoulder is much more mobile than the other, if you're then training, you know, let's say we're doing a traditional strength and conditioning approach where we're training heavy back squats and we're deadlifting, you know, but bilateral heavy loaded, and there is that imbalance, then we're really only facilitating that imbalance even more. So right. that's the whole reason why the the assessment is so important is because if, if we just grab an athlete off the street and say, okay, you know, we got to get your legs strong, or we got to get your shoulders stronger, we, you know, we got to get you um, overall your general fitness and preparedness. Uh, ready for for baseball um 
that's a person that is going to need a lot more of an individualized approach. So we're going to, instead of having a cookie cutter approach, we're going to know exactly, you know, what target areas we need to, to hone in on. I think, you know, you're really only as strong as your weakest link. So you're not going to be able to identify that without an assessment. We're really big on if you're not assessing, you guys think so. It's, it's everyone who comes in, it's a non-negotiable. You need to go through the full assessment and then we're reassessing as we go. So. Right. Especially with a baseball player, you know, we, we got to know there's certain things we're looking for, um, especially if you're a pitcher, if you're limited in shoulder flexion, we know mm -hmm. that you're more likely to, to injure your elbow over the course of the season. Um, if we're seeing, you know, a, a substantial lack in range of motion or mobility in one hip versus the other in a, a pitcher, that may be someone who has a difficult time pushing off the mound, so they may not be able to get, you know, as good of a drive off the mound with their pitches. Um, so yeah, I mean, just individually, we're going to look at the joints as a general mover, but then we're able to apply those principles back to uh, baseball-specific uh, qualities. Right. Yeah, and that's super important. I mean, one you know, we have obviously work more on the skill set side of, of sports, uh, obviously baseball, and and uh, you know sometimes I think maybe coaches are are guilty of this, uh, you know, of of maybe asking an athlete to do a specific movement or do something better when maybe physically, uh, you know, there's obviously something going wrong, something going on. One side's weaker than the other, and uh, that that could be an issue because you can't ask an athlete to perform a certain thing when they physically aren't capable of doing it. You know, it, it's it's unfair to ask. Um, what kind of stuff? Uh, uh, just so we cover baseball. Obviously, you talk about pitchers. Um, from the hitting side of things, do you guys like you know hook hook them up to the three D uh, monitors and stuff like that, and, and get them to swing, or, or like how's that work from the hitting side? Uh, sure. So I mean, in, in terms of in terms of assessing uh, batters, in terms of assessing swing, um, we don't go into the specific technical breakdown right. of their their swings. We, we we leave that to the to the sport specific coaches themselves. But yeah. what we can do is we can measure the rotational power, and we right. can see how how good they are rotating in 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 one direction or the other. So oftentimes what we'll see is we'll use a right-handed batter, for example. Generally the right-handed batter has a lot more thoracic rotation going to the left because they've spent their whole time throwing to the left, swinging to the left. So so generally they're very open in rotating to the left in their thorax. And then what happens uh, reflexively is they, they get more restricted moving to the right. So if you think about in, in biomechanics and kinesiology, um, there's the there's this uh, uh, phenomenon called the stretch reflex or the stretch shortening cycle. So essentially, your muscles have the greatest firing capacity after they've been slightly stretched. So if you think about the the best example that comes to mind is you have to drop down into a quick squat before you jump up into a box squat. You have to if you're going to shoot a bow and arrow, you need to stretch the the arrow uh, the bow back before you release the arrow. So the muscles work in the same way. Right. So if you think if you're limited in that rotation going back to the right then you're not going to have that same potential to wind up and generate force, whether it's throwing, whether it's swinging or even throwing a punch. And that's the beauty of assessing rotation. That's the beauty of going through a full body global athletic assessment is that we're going to understand exactly where it is that you're limited in your movement. And that's going to transcend the sport. That's going to make you an overall better mover. Um, I think in addition to Paul can speak to it a little a little bit better than I can, but we've, we've started incorporating more recently some med balls that actually give us uh, force production output so we can actually yep. tell exactly how much force they're putting into the balls. But Paul, you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so it's called our ballistic ball. It's just another one of the tools that we have here. And basically, I mean, it's exactly what he's describing. We have, you know, it's a med ball that when you throw it, it then gives us, gives us reading of how much power you're able to produce. So when we're talking about, like, you know, sports-specific assessment, everyone wants 
talk about what sports specific, sports specific. Well, rotational power is going to be very something in here but if we throw a med ball and we go through rotational movement now we can track how much rotational power this right so we can test over time we can identify maybe they're not producing very much too much power and then over time later on after training we can reassess okay look where our rotational power is and maybe it's maybe we have more or obviously we're probably going to see more going one way than the other you know right in the hitter probably going to have more power going left left in the hitter probably going to have more power going right but it's another one of those pieces Right. Yeah, I mean, that stuff's super cool. I mean, I know, like, uh, from talking to different um, organizations, I know even, you know, some major league teams like the Cubs are starting to use uh, things like, you know, um, you know, uh, pressure plates and, and uh, power plate technology and stuff like that. And I've just been going through your stuff, and I know that you guys use the, the, the uh, you know, pressure plate technology. What is that like? I mean, do you, does, you, does that measure just ground force reaction and stuff like that? Yeah, so the our force plates, with a couple different ones you mentioned. I mean, we have the force plates and we have the power plate. There's there are two different things. I think you're talking about okay. the force, if I'm not mistaken. The force plate is something that, that we'll have athletes like jump on and it'll give us readouts of you know ground reaction force, of how much force they're able to produce, what the rate of force development is. Um, they I mean there's a list of things that it measures from like impulse to counter movement time to estimated jump height and the, the things that we kind of narrow it down since it would, it would be like pages of data um, just from one jump, we'll look at mostly maximum force, rate of force development, and then it, the difference from one side to the other. So it actually breaks it down into left versus right. So we can say, okay, you're producing, say, 4,700 newtons of force at 47,000 newtons per second, but we have a 5% deficit on the left. So our right leg is producing 5% more force than the left overall. Um, that's something that we can track over time. The way we use it the most is we'll use it get some baseline data and then we'll have athletes come in and use it every day as like before their session and we can track one over time the improvement that we expect to see because obviously when you like over after training our ground reaction force should increase if we're doing our um, but we can also see after a while like kind of what their average is at a certain time so if i know someone you know a baseball guy comes to me and he's normally pumping out 50,000 newtons per second on rate of force development and about 4,800 newtons of maximum force. And then one day he comes where we have scheduled a really heavy, you know, maximal type squatting day, let's say. So we're going to be doing 95% load on a safety bar squat. Um, but his rate of force development is 35,000 and his maximum force is 3,200. Maybe he didn't sleep very well the night before. Maybe he hasn't recovered. Maybe we stressed more than we thought we were going to. It gives us a lot of data as we're going through the training. Right. Kind of have to make sure that we're stressing the body enough. We're not stressing it too much. Maybe that day, instead of going crazy heavy with loads that we were planning on, maybe that's the day where we scale back, where we have more of like a regen recovery type day. Um, maybe do like cryotherapy or something like that. But yeah, it all depends case by case. Depends on how the athlete's responding. Depends on the plan. Sometimes we we test and we expect to see like we really crush it this week. By the end of the week, his his probably be down if we stress his body enough like and then we'll check oh yeah good. it is a little bit lower than normal because he's tired he's fatigued his nervous system shot so right just simply i mean we don't we don't typically like squat on the force plate or anything like that or actually use it with exercises in our training we use it as an assessment piece to give us data of you know over the course of time you know you came to us and you were barely producing any force and you had a huge deficit from one side or the other and now you leave and you're producing a lot more force your power's way up and you're more symmetrical uh, but also within those day-to-day -day kind of helping to, to cater the workout of that day to specifically to the athletes ready to do their workout.
Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it all the time in hitting. You know, there's so many different. Yeah, I would say there's you know different trains of thought uh, and kind of like where the force is in your swing at certain times. Could you guys use that same technology to to pinpoint you know like in the midst of a swing where you know where the hitter's weight is mostly and force and things like that? Um, I guess theoretically you could. We haven't done it here. Yeah. Also, with our with our space, we're not you know we're not a baseball facility. We don't have right, right, right. Got to actually um, swing. Yeah, and, I was just curious more anything else. Yeah, we haven't tried it yet. The, the problem I would see is the force plate is kind of small, so I don't right. I don't know if it'd be wide enough for you to actually get in, you know, like your full stance and take a full swing on it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what is so, you know, obviously you guys see lots of athletes in different sports. You know, what is the, the, the main thing, I guess, is kind of maybe advice, but um, what is the thing that you see the most that, you know, you would caution – uh, you know, parents, obviously we're a baseball facility, but athletes in general, you know, what's the thing you see the most about uh, kids coming in, obviously high school or younger, that you see the most, like, deficiencies in their bodies? Like, where is it most, you know, obviously core stability and strength is a big one. Is that where you see most of the deficiencies in, in, in people that come in to see you? John, you want to take that? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Uh, so, I mean, the the patterns of inefficiency are, are, are pretty predictable, uh, Across the board, I, mm-hmm. I don't think. Oftentimes, they're not really even too sport specific. Because if you think about what the the majority of the athletes that we're seeing, you know, are are, are student athletes. So you think right. about what, what what their day consists of. Odds are they're sitting in class for several hours a day. You know, they're they're sitting in the car and the bus while they're commuting, and then oftentimes they're even sitting around before practice even starts. And then when you talk about baseball, they're sitting in the bullpen, they're sitting in the dugout. There's a, there's a whole lot of sitting going on, and then yeah, um, conse- consequently. You know, we, we have issues where the glutes are underactive, which causes the hamstrings to be overactive. Oftentimes, those are the same athletes that are hunched forward. You know, they're looking at their phones or they're playing Fortnite until two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, you know, and, and then you think about, you know, and I'm I'm guilty of this m- myself too. When when we're young, the that when we're training on our own or left to our own devices, we're doing the type of exercises that are going to pump us up at the beach. So, you know, we're we're, we're strength training. We're hitting the pecs. We're hitting the biceps. We're hitting the shoulders. So all of those muscles that facilitate that forward, you know, thoracic flexion position, which is going to limit your overhead position, your shoulder flexion, it's going to limit your rotation. Um, we will see those people ending up in, in, in very similar to like a bodybuilding stance where, you know, they're forward rounded, their pecs are tight, their biceps are tight, the hamstrings are tight, the glutes are off, hip flexors are basically underactive. So uh, very often in the beginning, we're not we're not going anywhere near baseball specific or or even movement specific. We we need to get those people out of those disadvantageous postures sure. yeah. and 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 find you know a little bit of normalcy. So if you teach if you teach a, a young athlete how to extend and rotate the thorax, and you teach them you know just general uh, principles of anterior core engagement, how to breathe through a brace, you know how to extend their hip without extending their lumbar spine, you know just just general principles of good overall movement. Um, those are something that's going to transcend sports. So that that that's typically how we you know we, we usually call it the corrective or the alignment phase. The first three or four weeks after we, we see an athlete with with a younger kind of uh, more inexperienced training age, um, we'll spend a lot of time just just teaching them how to move the joints of their body with the muscles that are supposed to be moving the joints. And, and right. you know, like, like I said before, baseball is such an asymmetrical sport. You know, there, there's so much single side dominance that I'm not really striving for symmetry. I don't, I don't think that's realistic. The, the human body internally is, is asymmetrical. So 
Um, I don't think there, there, there's too much that we can do to establish perfect balance, but um, what you want to do is you want to identify the asymmetries that are detrimental to performance or that could predispose them to injuries, and then you want to address those. And you know, then once you have your alignment, then once you have the athlete moving the right joints with the right muscles, and you have them practicing, you know, g- general good habits to just being mindful of their posture and right. knowing what to switch when and why and you know that the, really the the big thing about the lab and and, and what I think a, a good coach in general regardless of strength and conditioning or, or or any sport or discipline is that you want to give these young athletes the tools that they can self-correct and they, they can treat themselves because realistically if they're coming in and they're, they're training at our clinic we might see them three maybe four tops hours a week out of 168 so yeah we need to we need to give them enough uh enough mental tools on their own so that they're able to you know go out and whether it's before practice know exactly what to stretch and, and, and why they're doing and um what we found is that the athletes with that empowerment you know with that with that education you generally get a much better sense of buy-in because now they really understand the why as to what they're doing. And um, Matt has actually uh, spent some time in the, the Pirates organization, and, and they're very big on you know finding what's your why, what is it that gets you up in the morning, you know why are you uh, why are you doing what you're doing on a regular basis. And he can definitely speak to that uh, much more than I can. But what, what, what we found is, is that um, you get a lot better buy-in, and, and then also too when when coaches are speaking to the athletes, you know what what, what are you doing in the off season? What's your arm care program look like? What, you know what's your rehab and your maintenance and the and the athlete can actually speak intelligently on, yeah. on what it is they're doing then we found that, that 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 that's a great source of referral too we don't really even have to do direct to consumer marketing if, if our athletes are going out and being a good representation of the brand and I, I really like what you said right there well one of the things that you know that line up with exactly what you're saying with what we do is we try to educate the parents and the players as much as possible because like you said the amount of time spent with us and with you guys that they spend, it's 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 far less than the amount of time they're going to be on their own, out with their teams, uh, hitting, obviously lifting weights, doing their thing. So um, them to be able to speak, then, like you said, intelligently helps them uh, not only help themselves, but when they do come across bad information, they can you know they can you know eliminate it from their uh, from their brain pretty quickly and, and know exactly what to do. Um, <laughs> Funny question: Is there a relationship or a correlation between Fortnite and bad bodies? <laughs> uh, I, I would say, as as someone who has spent several years now working directly in high schools, and I mean, it's not just high school; they're in college now too. I, I would say there, there there's a strong correlation. I, I, wow. I think uh, we still we still have to wait a we have. Have to wait a couple of years for the for the metadata to come out. But, uh, you know, I, I, the, the the thing is too, and 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 we we talk about this a lot. Paul touched on it before in in terms of you know just general readiness for for sessions and in terms of recovering between sessions. Um, you know, we we have many offerings, whether it's whole body cryotherapy, local cryotherapy. We do um, the hyperthermic conditioning, the infrared sauna pods. Um, Normatec ischemic compression devices, so that, that there's plenty of plenty of modalities to help facilitate recovery. But the the most important thing that that we've been working on educating our athletes is that recovery is at home. Recovery starts at home. You, you got to be sleeping seven to eight hours minimum a night. You got to be making sure that you're getting. I'm not talking about calculating every single macro, but you got to make sure that you're you're doing your part of you know eating adequate calories so that right. you're not going into a caloric deficit and losing weight over the course of the year. You got to make sure that you know the food that you are eating is of some quality, some kind of yeah. nutrient, you know, substantial. Um, 
you got to make sure that we're hydrating. I think everybody thinks that, especially mm-hmm. this time of year now with preseason and everything, everyone thinks you can retroactively hydrate. I, I tell them that you know, hydration starts the night before. Your body loses water much much quicker than it, than it absorbs it. So just general principles of good health go a long way. And then once you've mastered those and you've, you've made those uh, – you know, a consistent part of your character. That's when we can start worrying about you know the the additional the the cryotherapies and your you know your your hyperthermic conditioning. But that's it's a it's a big you know going back to the the Fortnite. Obviously, we you know we joke around, we have fun with the kids and everything. But but at the end of the day, you know it's like guys, if if, if you're not taking your body seriously in the 168 hours that you have in a week, then yeah, know, there's only so much that that I can do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for for sure, man. I mean, I'm I'm all for having having an outlet to disconnect and, and have fun and you know everything within reason. There, there's definitely benefit in, in um, you know having that mental release and that escape. But at the same time, yeah, if you're up till three o'clock in the morning hammering the Cheetos down and you know drinking Mountain Dew, then, uh, <laughs> for, for sure, man, for sure. I mean, we you know we do joke about it, but I mean, if you're at, you got Power Five conference school, you know, colleges banning it from <laughs> from, from their players. Oh man. Then, then you know it's an, it's a real issue, but it's just kind of funny to talk about. Um, what's the you know what's the coolest thing you got? I mean, and obviously it's it, this is a little bit you know personal, but you know I, there's a lot of things, so many things you guys offer. We don't have time to get into them all. You know, I'm obviously looking at the baseball. I see the the gaze tracking, visual focus testing, and the sensory perception and peripheral vision yeah. testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I watched a couple of videos on your website, and you know there's the guy uh, on the on the screen. Um, touching the footballs and, and uh, you know, I guess it's kind of your reaction training, stuff like that. What's the coolest, like, visual gaze tracking stuff that you guys do in, in, your, in like, your own opinions? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I think Matt would probably be the, the best one to speak to about this. Matt has, has done a great job developing a lot of the, the baseball-specific brain training and, and visual acuity training. So, uh, Matty, I'll, I'll, I'll toss this one over to you. Yeah. I, I think this is, this is your uh, territory here. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so... I mean, we do a bunch of different brain training stuff, and let's be honest, there's nothing that's going to compare to a game rep. Nothing like a ball coming off the bat whether you play in the outfield, game reps behind the plate, anything like that. But you know, right. you know what we could do? We could go ahead and we could train those those aspects that we need to that directly benefit baseball game. You know, reaction times, decision making, all the timing stuff. And it's funny, I was talking to Paul the other day about it, and um, he was asking about the spring training stuff that I really see a difference because. I was training here before I wanted to come on to the other side of it, um, so I did everything. I trained here, did the brain training stuff, and he was asking how, how well it was. I see the crazy benefits from it, and you know, you, you do these these different things with hand-eye coordination, go no go stuff. It's gone. Man. Honestly, you're gonna be trying. Um, you're good. Yeah. So you know, we do we do the the hand-eye coordination stuff, and we're, we're seeing how that responds in a in a situation that's. You're under pressure, That's but it's not a game that you play your entire life. It's not baseball. You're, but all these games you're playing, all, all this visual training you're doing is training aspects of baseball. So, you know, you're not doing so well, but, you know, you start thinking about it. This is something that's supposed to help me in baseball. Um, you realize, you know what, like, 
how, what, what can I do to get a better score on this? You start competing against other athletes here. We have this leaderboards. Um, so I'm, every time I go, I'm competing against the other baseball players that are working with us. And right. um, you realize, you know what, I'm not getting as good scores. You know, I'm not moving fast enough. What do I got to do to get my score a little higher? You know, for me, it was slow is smooth, smooth is fast. You know, the slower I worked, the smoother I was, the faster I ended up being. Right. So when, I, when I'm doing those things, you know, every time I get to the plate, I would look at my helmet, and I would have like a, and I'd piece of tape, slow is smooth, slow is fast and stuff. We're constantly going along these um, these games, this brain training stuff. to give me this, this this cue to swing easy. Right now, it's great with my brain. I'm getting the box, and it's like, I go swing easy so many times. Right, um, and I don't have to go three at bats, having four at bats, and then to finally realize, you know, what I was muscling up there, I was swinging real hard. To have a good fourth of that, I've done it so many times in different environment that it's now it's a habit. I'm right. Training at a game level, high, uh, pressure situations, game like reps um, that are directly benefiting my my game as a position player. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it's a, it's super cool. Uh, just to kind of see where the technology's been uh, been going. Um, so I know you guys are super busy, and I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I guess the, the thing I would want to wrap up with here is just kind of, you know, obviously you guys are in it. You see it every day. Obviously, you're looking for the latest and greatest. Where do you guys see the technology going um, in the next five to ten years? I mean, we know, you know employees and different companies now are getting chips put in their wrist and stuff like that. Like, I mean, what's, what's the next thing? Yeah, I, I think the one thing that – you know, we don't have here, but that would be great for everyone to have. It would be like, like some any sort of like 24-hour monitoring system. Right. Um, you know, Sean was talking about the recovery starts at home. We we got to worry about how guys are eating, how guys are recovering, how people are taking care of the body, um, and you know what they're doing over the course of the other nine or 23 hours a day that they're not here. So it's something that the 24-hour data that gives us information about how they're sleeping, how they're recovering. Um, there are, I mean, there are things like that. I mean, that already exist for people to track, you know, like heart rate variability. Things. I just see that becoming a little, and we, you know, we've this, but I think like more enhanced versions of that that become a little bit more ubiquitous. I think would be the next, the next big thing because, like Sean said, you can't correct what you do 23 hours a day with one hour of your training. So right. Yeah. Yeah. Another three hours back. Really, as much or if not more than the stuff that you're doing in, in your actual training, because you know everyone's training, but not necessarily everybody's doing everything they can outside of training to take care of their bodies. So for me, that would be the big thing that I would love everybody to have access to would be that 24-hour and some sort of like really high-tech 24-hour monitoring system that would tell all like basically tell you everything about every process in your body would be like the dream, I think. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's got to be the next step. Um, so you guys, obviously, you're located in Staten Island. Um, now, is there, you know, is there satellite places uh, that you guys have around the Northeast, uh, anywhere else, or is that the plan in the future? Where are you guys going from here? Um, currently, Staten Island is the only place that we have, but stay tuned. We're going to have a couple satellite locations coming soon, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, so in the near future, we're hoping to. You know, get our footprint in Manhattan, so still in New York, and then hopefully branch out into New Jersey as well. Did you? Um, did you? Did I hear you say there that you wanted to put a branch in our facility in Durham, North Carolina? <laughs> um, I have to. I have to bring that to the CEO. I got to take it to the top there. 
I'm not the decision guy here. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, pull some strings, man, because I'm telling you, like, it's, you know, we, we try to provide an excellent service uh, when we think we've done a good job, and uh, but there's only so much we can do, um, and uh, that, that the, all the stuff you're saying, it just is, uh, excites me because I know that, that, you know, that could really help out so many kids, so you guys keep doing a good job and, and, and get, work your way down here for sure. Um, so they can, you guys can follow them at, uh, in, at uh, NY underscore SSL, that's on Twitter. Um, obviously, you can go to their uh, go to their website, like I mentioned before, and that's at uh, nysportsciencelab.com. Um, are you guys anywhere else people can find you? Instagram? Instagram, yeah. Instagram is awesome. Okay, follow them on Instagram as well. Uh, they're just constantly putting up... Vi- at, at nysportsciencelab. There you go. Um, constantly putting up stuff, guys, on the internet for you guys to look at and, and see what they do. And if you're in the area, because we do have... Uh, a good number of clients that do come from the Northeast to come see us here. Um, stop on over there, check it out, at least get an assessment, see what they say, and uh, maybe they can help your game out a ton. So, guys, uh, again, thank you for taking your time out of your day to uh, speak with us, and uh, maybe we'll get you back on the podcast again in a couple months. Thanks for having us. Yeah, look forward to it. All right, guys, have a good one. You too. Right, you too. Take care. Bye. And that will do it for episode 41 of the Baseball Rebellion Podcast. Please check us out on Twitter, Instagram, especially this week. I'll be on my trip to Germany, a couple different places along the way, and uh, at the camp there as well, of course. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, please go check out the guys at New York Sports Science Lab if you're up there. Great stuff going on, and I look forward to talking to them again. And thank you guys so much. Bye.